Yo, I'm Chad. And this is Eric. And together we are... Jumpman! Like a rabbit. Rabbit dog on a piece of meat. How you doing, everybody? We're the Jumpman Podcast. We're weekly video game slash movie slash comic slash slash fiction uh, podcast. But this week, it's a very special episode. Eric, take it. That's right. Welcome to our third annual Jumpman Podcast Fake Oscars. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. I don't like... We, we, oh. we, called them, we called them the Joxers last year. Something like... Yeah, I think we threw out a couple different ones. The Joxers or the Jumpman Oscars or the... Mm-hmm. Uh, the awesomes, I forget. But um, so basically, we decided to give actual awards out to the movies that we love, the movies that we think that better represents what the people. I'm doing air quotes. What the people want, you know, because when you watch the Oscars, you know, very few movies are any good <laughs> that win. <laughs> they're, they're so fucking full of themselves. A lot of those movies don't even make any money. You know, they're just all artistic, and they're all voted on by people in the industry. Which, I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of them are just very full of themselves. And they think they know better than us people who go to uh, to the movies that pay money for it. And so it's just like, like a popularity contest and fucking bullshit. And the same ones win. And most of those movies are shitty. Yeah, so <laughs> it's up to us entitled fanboys to set the record straight. Yeah, and you know, there are the Razzies. And the Razzies are good at tweaking the Oscars. The Razzies hand out awards for the worst movies. But we're not the awards or the movies we're about to talk about. They're not the worst movies. They're the ones that fall in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't the best. They ain't the worst. They're the Jumpman Oscars, yo. Yeah, they're, they're they're the kind of Oscars you would like pick up from like a bar at like four in the morning. Oh yeah. You know, it's like not the not the worst, but yeah. you know, clearly not the best. Yes, and don't get on our Facebook page uh, tomorrow and debate us on this because yes, there's some shitty movies on here. These are movies that we like. Okay. So uh, you know, it's all in, it's all good fun. <laughs> so 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 are these these the movies of 2013? Yes. So sorry, RoboCop, but you did not make the cutoff. Oh, wah, wah. This is the 2013 slash January 2014 because last year I made an exception and counted Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters from January 2013. I mean, so. <laughs> well, they were delaying it for forever. It's true. It was shot the year before. So yeah. But I uh, know, so RoboCop, it unfortunately, did not make the cut because, uh, you know, it just, just, just happened. <laughs> Dead or alive, I want an Oscar. And uh, mm. I won't be awarding any Oscars to um, Liam Neeson's plane movie, even though it's not out till <laughs> next week. I, you know, it would probably win most of these awards. But oh, next, man. Gotta wait till next year, Liam Neeson. Takes, takes on a plane. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So these are actual categories for, from the Oscars. Um, previously, I've just announced the category in the winner. This year, I'm upgrading it. I will tell you all the nominated, uh, all the people nominated, and the winner. Okay. So I'm going to give you just a little bit more this time. All right. Draw, show, just, just get right into it. Boom, baby. And we'll start off and we'll work our way up to like the top one, you know, okay. just like they do too. So, first of all, best soundtrack. Don't get to spend a lot of time on this one, but uh, there's only two movies nominated for this. One is Star Trek II. Mm. Because uh, Star Trek, they've just—it's a very cool theme song. They were—it was in the first movie. They brought over the second movie. Um, you know, you know, there's a lot of good soundtracks. You're instantly identifiable mm-hmm. to a movie franchise. Star Trek Two has got a good one. And the only other movie nominated in this uh, in this category of best soundtrack is GI Joe Two. Dang, G- both sequels. The, the GI Joe Two. Get used to it. 
the G.I. Joe 2 soundtrack does a really good job because when you get to an action movie soundtrack, the soundtrack is key because there's a ton of uh, sequences where the, the, uh, the music hypes up what you're about to see. Mm-hmm. So, like, anytime a bad guy shows up in the movie, you got to have that music ready. Anytime there's a slow motion sequence, anytime there's a, mu- a, a sequence about to be action, you got to pump it up. You know, mm. action movies need a good soundtrack to really kind of tell the masses how to feel. Yes. And G.I. Joe 2 soundtrack did a pretty good job about that. Wait, wait. I'm, I'm listening to it right now. It's basically Seven, uh, Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes just, like, slowed down, like, 50%. Well, I mean, that was used in the trailer in one <laughs> sequence. They they used like three real songs, but a lot of it was, uh, you know, classic. I mean, uh, I mean, it sounds awesome. I mean, somebody definitely did their homework. They're like, dude, let's just slow this down and crank up the bass. Yeah. Throughout the movie, there's tons of hype sequences, and I loved it. So the winner, I've, you could probably tell because I spent so much time talking about it. The winner of Best Soundtrack is G.I. Joe 2. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. It was, I mean, like, any time you see uh, a new character on there, they've all got their own little kind of, you know, like, Snake Eyes shows up, Cobra <laughs> Commander, you know, really tells you how to feel, so good job, Jejo 2. Mm, teach us how to feel. Yeah. The, <laughs> the best special effects category, uh, the nominees are... Wait, and, wait, sorry. wait, this, this, this is tough because every single goddamn movie that you saw, every action movie has, like, a ton of explosions and special effects. Yes, and... The nominations I'm going to tell you about, I'm going to specifically highlight the best special effect in that movie. Mm, so I'm not okay. even going to say overall. I'm going to like reference exactly what, what put it into this category. Okay. So the nominees are Pacific Rim, mm. which specifically the moment when we've got the three robots fighting the two monsters at night. So many good sequences there. Mm. fighting the Chinese and the Russian robots, uh, the one robot dragging a, uh, a ship down the street and clubbing one in the head with it, just the sword up in the space. Uh, it was just amazing. Mm. Um, the Hobbit 2, specifically Smog. 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 Yeah, they, they don't say Smog. They're like Smog. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they punched you in the gut a little bit. Like, smog. Yeah. Smog. A snag. <laughs> but, I mean, let's face it, that dragon was pretty fucking cool. Uh, it was basically the highlight of both movies put together thus far. The only thing salvageable from everything is they didn't totally cock up the dragon. They sort of did. I mean, yeah. he's referencing all sorts of bullshit, and they're writing new lines for him and stuff. But, I mean, he looked cool. Yeah, smag. Um, G.I. Joe 2. <laughs> Specifically for the ninja fight, the mountainside ninja fight. Mm. That's pretty fucking awesome. I mean, you had me on Ninja, and then Mountainside Ninja fight. I mean, oh that's yeah. Cool. I mean, when they're all on the ropes and they're like, they're like, they're running. They're like Ninja running sideways <laughs> across the sides of mountains, and then they're just like cutting each other's ropes, and then they're falling to their deaths. Mm. It's like Snake Eyes, Jinx, and a bunch of Night Creepers. That's all. You, I mean, that's the life of a ninja, man. It's like. Some days yeah. your rope gets cut and you die, and other days you, um, I don't know, kill more people. So that's pretty sweet. And then the uh, final uh, nominee in this category is the movie This is the End, specifically the when the demon rapes Jonah Hill, the <laughs> giant the giant demon boner. <laughs> they, like, slowly cut. They, like, cut down to the giant demon boner. I laughed so hard in the movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> um 
So those are specifically the nominees. And uh, the winner for Best Special Effects is Pacific Rim. Oh, see, I thought you were going to go with the giant demon boner. Well, I mean, that was a pretty good moment, but I mean, the special <laughs> effects in Pacific Rim were pretty fucking cool. Well, and it's then, the whole reason to see the movie, I mean. Yeah, exactly. That's why it was like my favorite special uh, summer movie this year, but maybe not the best movie overall. But, I mean, that sequence, when they're in the water and the robots and the monsters are fucking them up, and then they, they take it into the to the city, and mm-hmm. then they form Blazing Sword, I mean, that shit was just, I was like, what? <laughs> I don't I don't cheer too often in, in movies, but I was in that one. Cool. Um, best animated movie. Oh, I will admit I did have not, I did not see Frozen. Dude, if you it's it, Frozen is like a cultural phenomenon. It's it's bigger. It's like the biggest thing that Disney has done uh, outside yeah. of uh, like like people are saying Frozen. And it is is like bringing is like dragging Tangled into some new golden age for Disney animation. They're comparing it to the Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King quadrilogy. I mean, I'm pumped to see it, but I didn't see it. You know, my my two year old ain't old enough. I can't go watch a kids movie in a theater by myself as an adult without ending up on some kind of list. So um, I didn't see Frozen, dude. They're still. At, at, Frozen is so huge right now that if you, if you go down to any movie website right now, like looking for uh, for tickets to a movie, they're showing Frozen and Frozen sing-alongs. I know, I know, dude. I want to see it, but I it's just can't. Crazy. I just it's, can't see it right and, now. And it's fucking good. It's the same anyway. reason I can't see Lego Movie yet. I'm gonna have to wait for DVD. Okay. Um, and I might as well throw this in here now. Not only have I, did I not see Frozen, I did not see Machete Kills. So neither oh. of those will be nominated. I apologize. So, anyways, best animated movie. We've got Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2, which was fantastic. Not quite as good as the first one, but still plenty cool. Visuals were look great. It was funny. Love um, Bill Hader. He's the best. And uh, and uh, Terry Crews? Terry Crews. He took Mr. T's role. Mm-hmm. I was sad, but he totally uh, carried the mantle. So, he did awesome. fine. Andy Samberg's in it. Anna Faris. Great cast. Um, the Crudes. I mean, how can I not put Nick Cage as a caveman in here? All right, I've heard nothing but good things about that movie. It's okay. It's not really that great, but Nick oh. Cage carries it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, eh, but Nick Cage is great. So. All right, well, t- well, good. It's typical, typical non-Disney, non-Pixar animated fodder then. Yeah, it's it's worth a watch for a dollar like I paid for it. Um, Despicable Me 2, uh, that was good. It's all around good, you know. Word. So, got to put that in there. And uh, the final one is Batman: The Dark Knight Returns. That was in la- that was last year. It came out in February last year. That's like, the- man, what a bunch! Of, it's like what a killer lineup. Yeah, but uh, the winner of Best Animated Movie, hands down, Batman: The Dark Knight Returns. Well, yeah, that, that movie was the fucking balls. <laughs> it was so good. I mean, well, what? I mean, think about this. I mean, you got you got. The original RoboCop, Peter Weller, as Batman. Mm-hmm. You've got Ben from Lost as the Joker. Played it magnificently. Like, the action, the violence, the fucking script. I mean, that movie... They split into two sequen- two, two movies, but, you know, watch them together. And it's just amazing. I mean, just off the top of my head, when, when, when Batman is getting his butt kicked by the mutant and suddenly he says this isn't a mud puddle it's an operating table <laughs> yes. and i'm the surgeon <laughs> it just fucking destroys ooh, that guy ooh, it was like send chills in my spine 
I mean, so good. He fucking destroys Superman at the end with the help of a one-armed green arrow. I mean, mm-hmm. everything. I mean, let's face it. It's got the best source material of all these animated movies because the comic back in the 80s was the shit. So, I mean, bonus points. Bonus points for for being one of the few movies to pay tribute in a great way to the source material uh, that everybody remembers and not screwing it up royally yeah. like Watchmen. Yeah, it looked it was amazing. So that one wins. <laughs> Best director. This is a mixed bag here. Bear with me. Okay. Best director. We and oh, by the way, I mispronounce everyone's names. I suck at pronouncing <laughs> shit. So right, I'll, I'll I, correct you. Thank you because I, I'm the way I say these names is terrible. Um, you've got the uh, Mikhail Hafstrom. Hofstrom, mm-hmm. I don't know. He mm-hmm. directed the movie Escape Plan with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I, I can't believe that Stallone didn't direct it himself. Well, that's why it was actually good. Uh. I had to, I had to nominate this guy because I went in, I saw this at the movie theater, thinking it was going to be so, it was going to be awesomely bad, mm-hmm. you know, so bad it was funny, and it was actually a decent action movie. Hmm. And if you can take old Stallone and old Schwarzenegger and put out a decent action movie, then God bless you, and you deserve to be nominated as a director. <laughs> because it was actually good. I was All like, right. holy shit, this is some good B-movie stuff. Like, you know, this is on par with some of their, you know, earlier days stuff. Okay. So, I was I was impressed. Um, John M. Chu for G.I. Joe 2. Kind of in the same vein, you know, when fans get all uppity about how their favorite things are treated in movie adaptation form, you know, and we kind of, we're kind of justified for. This guy, John Chu, actually took and made, with the help of an awesome script, made a movie that fans could be pumped about. Mm. I mean, you can't say that for Transformers fans. No. <laughs> but John Chu gave us the movie that G.I. Joe fans wanted, and it's like, thank you. Thank you, sir. You see, it ain't that hard. It can still make money. You know, Cobra Commander can just have a faceplate on. You don't have to see his fucking face all the time. Right. You know? And and the Baroness can be somebody besides Duke's brainwashed girlfriend. Yeah. So, I mean, so he directed the shit out of it, and it was good, and it was what, it was what we wanted. <laughs> good job, buddy. He directed the shit out of the movie. Yeah, that's what I would tell him. And then, like, you know, like, when, when you watch a commercial, and it has, like, uh, reviews and they and they and they quote the reviews on the page and be like he really directed the shit out of that eric from the jumpman podcast <laughs> uh, you've got uh and i know i'm saying this one wrong antoine fuqua who directed i, I it sounds like I, I would be swearing it's f-u-q-u-a oh man fuqua fuqua it's obviously uh, not fucka <laughs> um see, he directed olympus has fallen oh uh, yeah which, you know, that was a fucking awesome movie. And, you know, you could actually take it seriously and enjoy it for what it's worth. So that was pretty cool. Right. Although, I mean, seriously, I want I want somebody to mash up that scene where the Secretary of State's getting her, yes. her ass kicked with some, like, hilarious Benny Hill theme or something. Well, but that's the thing, though. Like, we, we highlighted it. That obviously, that's the cheesiest scene in the movie. But it's one of the only cheesy scenes in the movie. Yeah. So for for an, an awesome action movie to kind of stay in the zone was pretty darn you know that's pretty good. Yeah. And the last one would be Jeff Wadlow who directed Kick Ass Two. Very rare is it when the sequel outshines the original, and the original was pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. So you know usually sequelitis just destroys movies, but Kick Ass Two was just all around pound for pound an amazing movie. 
Well oh, done. 2013 was actually a great year. Yeah, and even though uh, Kick-Ass 2 was done by like a major um, major company, whereas the original was independent, and so you would think that in the second one you'd have your balls chopped off, uh, still managed to put out a good product. Okay. And the winner for Best Director, sticking with that, is Jeff Wadlow from Kick-Ass 2. There you go. I'm, I'm I mean, sensing a theme in how you're presenting these uh, choices to us. You would be wrong, sir. <laughs> you would be wrong. I know what you're saying, but you're mm-hmm. wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to go in, farther into it. All right. So Pacific Rim, by the way, was the first movie in that category that won. So oh, take that. So next we have Best Supporting Actress. And what? And what are the other? What are the other categories? Just so we know. Supporting actress, supporting actor, best actress, best actor, best movie, just like the Oscars. Okay, I, I don't watch the Oscars. Well, I mean, you still got to know. Ever ever since Sir Anthony Hopkins said "fuck the Oscars," I was like, "Yeah, me too." I don't have to go to Oscar parties with, you know, cool twenty-somethings and you know, read the paper about what the Oscars are about, talk about them around the water cooler that week. The last Oscar party I went to was for when Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon won. Oh my God. Yeah, it's been a while. Dude, some of our listeners weren't even born yet. I know. But I mean, like, yeah, Oscars suck, but I'll just tune in the next day and find out. You know, I'm, I'm still curious who wins, but I don't fucking need those gas bags, dumbass speeches where they try and act shocked and surprised and cry and bullshit. Right, and they're like, so, I want to thank every single person on the planet and babies and uh, deities and my mother. No, not everyone needs a shout on live television, you jerks. Yeah. Just fucking thank them afterwards with fruit baskets and a phone call. <laughs> God. Yeah. Wow, Eric, that that is very thoughtful and insightful of you. Yeah, just just be fucking pumped when you're on stage and just say thanks and be like, this is fucking great, and then get off the stage. Yeah, and and no and no need to like take a soapbox to say like screw you to the network that you're that you're on, like uh, Fiona Apple, like screw MTV. Yeah. Yeah, this world is bullshit. Yeah, you <laughs> but the older I the older I get, though, the more I the more I find myself <laughs> nodding in agreement with her speech. Oh, absolutely. Well, she's <laughs> like, she, I mean, she was like totally honest, brutally yeah. honest, and she's like, you don't have to model yourself after what you see on this network, and you know, just laying it out there for like women. And I was like, yeah. But at the time, I was like, shut the fuck up. It's MTV Awards. <laughs> like, are you fucking serious now? Why don't you go and get your word out somewhere else? <laughs> it's MTV. <laughs> shut up. But, I mean, it was pretty punk rock of her to do that. I mean, like, who else had the balls to do that? Eh, it seemed like she's a little too self-important. I don't know. Well, I mean, dude, have you seen her album uh, titles lately? Like, uh, the last she's... one the last one was like a poem that was like two pages long. Oh, she's fucking crazy, man. <laughs> And by the way, and I mean, you know, I, I hate to say this, but you know what? When you're really, really, really too skinny, age catches up on you quick. Oh. She's like 35 going on 79. Aye. I'm sorry. 100 pounds might look okay when you're 19, not when you get older. <laughs> no, Eat, then, no. Then you just look like an old lady. It's true. Eat a pork chop. Seriously. It ages you fast. So anyways. Uh, yeah. wait, I don't wait, 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 wait. I just want to clear this up. I am a big fan of her music. Uh, I like the '90s stuff when it first came out. It was, it was a different sound. It was cool. Her la- her last album. I mean, I gotta be in the right mood to listen to it. But her last album was pretty awesome, and how how she recorded too was pretty cool. That done. Okay. So so yeah, we just got the the big topics left here, or the big categories. So best supporting actress, um, Adrian Palicki as Lady J in GI Joe Two. Mm-hmm. I mean, fired an awesome machine gun. Looks smoking hot. 
she was awesome. <laughs> That's all you need. Those That's, two things are on the checklist. I know. I was like looking hot while firing guns. <laughs> Woo, you win. Yeah. Um, Hired. Yep. Uh, Jamie Alexander as Lady Sif in Thor Two, swinging a sword while looking hot. You Dude, win. <laughs> I, I just I just watched Thor Two last night. Pretty good, right? You know what? Uh, outside of like a couple th- shots that I felt like the movie needed in order to like be a little less confusing, yeah, it was good and it didn't suck. And I was like, thank goodness. All you had to do was not suck. Yeah, wasn't trying to be the best movie in the world. It was just, uh, you know, it was like a three part comic book thing. Yeah, absolutely. Went out, absolutely. Some dark elves and what the fuck? Who cares? And it was like they made up for everything that was crappy about the first Thor movie. Mm-hmm. That was like, all right, they made fun of the scientists, uh, even though they get the scientists to save the day. Okay, whatever. Uh, Thor, Thor was like pounded bad guys throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And Thor actually used his brain in this one, so he wasn't just like a mindless oaf. And uh, Loki, the uh, what's his name, Middleston, Tom Middleston, Tom Army? Middlestrom. Middlestrom. That guy was fucking good. I oh mean, yeah. Lo- Loki was the MVP of that movie, I and mean, he he's a really good actor in that role. Absolutely, and they even got like the queen to uh, to kick a little ass too. Ah, uh, Renee Russo, go back to Lethal Weapon Four. I was surprised. I was like, I was like, wait a second, she's getting a lot of lines this movie. Uh, I mean, I mean, it was pretty predictable, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, it's still, I I enjoyed it. Yeah. And uh, well, I've got more no uh, more nominations in this category. Yes. Again, here's a name I'm going to get wrong. Daniela Kurtitz? Kurtitz? <laughs> Did you say Kurtitz? It's, no, it's K-E-R-T-E-S-Z. Kurtitz? Oh, I think you just... Uh, it's probably Polish, so you just take the well, Z off. No, she's from Israel. She's the... Oh, okay. Um, she played the Israeli soldier in World, World War Z. Oh, yeah, I missed that one. And I'm pretty sure she's actually from Israel, so... Oh, well, of course. Um, anyways, uh, she was in World War Z. She didn't have a lot of lines, but I just... Uh, I liked her character. Like, she's the one... Like, she kind of gets paired up a little bit with Brad Pitt, and she's uh, kicking ass as the zombies are invading and stuff. And You haven't seen this movie? No, because based on your review, I mean, I didn't want to see it anyway because it looks silly. But then you reviewed it, and and it's just it just sounded too ridiculous. Oh, but I I gave it a good review. I I didn't see it in the movies because I thought it would suck, and then I rented it, and I actually I was I had to apologize because it was good. But I mean, like that's like like just because I read like a good review or hear a good review, that doesn't necessarily mean, oh, you know, that changes my mind and I want to watch it. Now, I listened uh-huh. to your review and you explained like how it was and I was, and I thought in my mind, you know, yeah, I still don't want to see it. Okay. Well then I can spoil a little bit of stuff. Oh yeah. She, she's one of the few people kind of assigned to help protect Brad Pitt in Israel when mm-hmm. the zombies show up. She gets bit on the hand and Brad Pitt chops her hand off right there. Bam. To save her. And then she has, she's the rest of the movie. She only has one hand. And uh, I don't know. I just like, I really felt for her. Like I, 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 I was okay with like ninety percent of the world's population being munched, but I was like, I hope that one armed Israeli soldier makes it out of here. <laughs> so I didn't even care about Brad Pitt. I was like, I just hope that woman. She doesn't even have a name. She just has like a rank in the oh military gosh. during this movie. So I, I'm. That's why I'm not saying her name in the movie. Yeah. But um, the whole time I was just like really rooting for her to survive. That's so funny. When it, when that happens in the movie, you know, you know that they have failed on on multiple levels. <laughs> just, in movie I just, making i thought she was cool like first she was tough kicking ass then she gets her hand chopped off and she's still going so i was like that's pretty cool man and then the the final nomination in this category is uh jennifer aniston and we're the millers now she's actually 
Um, she's only in supporting actress. I mean, she's a main character, so before you say, wait, she should be in the actress category, not supporting actress, mm-hmm. I'm only counting the scene in the barn where she does the strip tease. <laughs> so that is why she's in nomination for supporting actress, just the strip tease scene. Okay. So that's why she's in in this one, even though she's a major actress in, in, in the entire movie. So, that's so funny. Uh, and out of all those, although I did say Jennifer Aniston's name last, the winner is Daniela Cortez in World War Z. There you go. I just like I said, she probably had the fewest lines in all of these ones, but she <laughs> she's also the only one in this category that uh, that didn't look hot while firing guns or some sort of weapon, but she was the best. So wait, so this this was best supporting actress. Yes, man, I, I I'm surprised. I am shocked. That the um, that the MMA fighter lady who uh, who was the Rock's right hand man in in Final Fantasy VI didn't uh, make Fast the list. And, Fast and Furious Six. Yes, Gina Carano. No, I don't, I don't. She sucks. She was cool. She was okay, but I mean, she wasn't enough to get nominated. I mean, she actually like rocked some shit in there. She was yeah. cool. She got in a good fight with Michelle Rodriguez, and she kind of went out like a champ. Exactly. But uh, sorry, you know, you know what? This isn't rest. This isn't nominating everybody. Okay. This okay. is only recognizing the best of the best. All right. She didn't look hot enough in her fight scenes. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, the one who won didn't really look that hot. She almost had like a buzzed head. So I'm not total sexist. Just ninety percent. All right. All right. Best supporting actor. Uh, the first one is weird because I'm nominating Cobra Commander from GI Joe Two. <laughs> <laughs> he was voiced by Robert Baker, but the guy in the costume was Luke Bracey. Okay. So I have to nominate both of them collectively as Cobra Commander for supporting actor. Cobra Commander was not in a lot of scenes, but he fucking chewed it up when he was. I loved him, and uh, hopefully he's like more of a main character in G.I. Joe 3. Are they making it? They did greenlight it, then I'm just not sure if it's still going to happen. You know, it's kind of one mm. of those things where like, oh, we're doing it, but... You know, you got to wait until they actually cast people before you start to believe it. Sure. Um, right. Like, like I just read that the the big rumor this week is that there's a Farscape movie in production. But then if you read the fine print, it's like, no, nah, they just commissioned somebody to, like, write a script. Yeah. So that doesn't mean, count. That doesn't mean Jack. Yeah. We also have Danny McBride playing himself in This is the End. Hmm. I love Danny McBride. Basically, every character he plays is basically his, his Kenny Powers character. Yeah from HBO's Eastbound and Down, but that's okay because, you know, why change perfection? <laughs> he is hilarious playing himself, and this is the end. He gets in this fight with um, uh, James Franco mm-hmm. where they basically talk about, like, they're, like, pretending to jerk off and jizz all over each other. He's like, ah, it's fucking jerked off on you. Oh, you have, no, I got you first. And I don't know. It's hilarious. <laughs> Everything he does is magic, but he was hilarious uh, as a good supporting actor. The movie is good. He doesn't show up till about 40 minutes in, and then when he does, it just kicks it up at a whole nother level. Awesome. Um, we got Peter Weller as Alexander Marcus in Star Trek Two. which you saw Star Trek Two, right? Wait, who is, who is that character? Well, Peter Weller, the original RoboCop. Remember oh, he yeah. Was the, like, he's he's the like the evil admiral guy. guy. Yes. He he commissioned, like, the badass military tanked out Enterprise. Right. The dark ship one. Yeah, exactly. So, it's too bad they had to destroy that. Yeah, I mean, I I think that he should have been... They should have gone in his direction. He was pretty cool. Starfleet would be so much better. Yeah, exactly. He just like, well, this is how I'm going to cut through the bureaucracy. I'm just going to um, force an accident. 
All they have is this one loose end and Kirk. Fucking Kirk. Yeah. I wish the whole movie had been about him. <laughs> He's so cool. <laughs> and then uh, the last nominee in this category is Jim Carrey as Colonel Stars and Stripes in Kick-Ass 2. I wonder who's going to win. I mean, Jim Carrey, that was he, is, he doesn't have a big role, but he is fucking awesome. I feel like it's his greatest role in like 14 years. Right. And uh, is a great... His last scene in the movie is pretty awesome. All right, well, uh, don't, don't spoil it because I'm watching that uh, tonight. Oh, good. So then you'll understand here. Uh, the winner of this category, however, is Danny McBride oh. from This is the End. Wow. You just can't beat Kenny Powers. I'm sorry. <laughs> now we're on to the, the top three, the big ones. We have Best Actress. Mm-hmm. Nominated are Jennifer Lawrence as Katniss in the Hunger Games 2 movie. Which is like her least act. I can't. I can't even say it. She was in so many like blockbusters. Like uh, that's like the one movie that she probably wasn't nominated for anything in like the Oscars and the SAG Awards, etc. Because she was in Silver Linings Playbook and mm-hmm. um, and uh, American, American Hustle, Hustle, and those are like actors, actor movies. Yeah, those are fucking Oscar movies. Yeah, we're, we're not talking about those. Like Robert De Niro got nominated for shit. Yeah. So uh, Jennifer Lawrence's Katniss. I thought she did a good job in it. I liked her in it. I mean, let's face it. She's in like 99% of all the scenes. That's, that's tough to do as an actress or an actor. Mm. But she was good in it. Um, Melissa McCarthy as Detective Mullins in The Heat. It was the buddy cop comedy with Sandra Bullock. Right. Which was, uh, I took my wife on a date to that one. I counted that as a date movie. I was like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, you got to take them on a date movie that you think you might actually enjoy the movie a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, and that was pretty good. For a date movie. Right, and that was like Miss Congeniality Part 3. Yes, definitely. Um, but, you know, Melissa McCarthy's pretty good. She's like the female Chris Farley. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that that can be pretty funny. It'll probably be played out in a year, but... <laughs> for, <laughs> oh, no. For now, it's pretty good. And uh, Chloe Grace Mortz as Hit Girl in Kick-Ass 2. Mm. Um, I mean, what can I say about it without spoiling it for you? <laughs> um she was awesome like they give her more to do like she's hit girl but she's only hit girl half the time she's uh herself half the time too Mm -hmm. and it was pretty cool to see both worlds and i'm not sure which one i liked better they were both pretty awesome um and i'm just gonna go ahead and say that she wins the category so i can continue continue talking about how awesome it was (laughs) she definitely wins. she's a good actress and she's only still a teenager but she's pretty good in most movies that she's in and uh loved her in kick-ass too like She's basically the main character. I know Kick-Ass is, but fuck that. She's the main character. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure it's tough to relate to the guy who gets his ass handed to him all the time. I mean, he's good, but she's the main character. They kind of have, like, dueling story arcs, so they're kind of both the lead. Mm-hmm. But don't kid yourself. She's the lead. Yeah. She's awesome in it. Um, best actor. I have a... There was a... It was hard to pare this one down, so there's a ton of them. So I'm just going to list them all at once, and then we'll just kind of go into it. We have The Rock from G.I. Joe 2. We have The Rock from Pain and Gain. <laughs> we have The Rock from Fast and Furious 6. Dang. Uh, Gerard Butler from Olympus Has Fallen <laughs> as the disgraced Secret Service agent Mike Banning. And Christopher Mintz Plaz McLovin as the motherfucker from Kick-Ass mm. 2. <laughs> Obviously, Gerard Butler was awesome and Olympus Has Fallen. He was just a hard-edged guy. Pretty one-dimensional, but it was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Christopher Mintz-Plass McLovin as a motherfucker was pretty damn awesome. It was like he was dark and hilarious, and it was kind of hard to tell which that was like, oh, you're so funny. Oh, wait, he's fucking serious. Holy shit. Oh, he's funny. Like, it was, it was pretty good. Hmm. He was uh, highly enjoyable. You're going to love watching Kick-Ass, too. Trust me. Okay. Um, and then, you know, The Rock. It was just the year of The Rock. Yeah, it's true. But the winner of this category is The Rock in G.I. Joe 2. <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty funny in Pain and Gain, and he was pretty hardcore in Fast and Furious 6, but he was fucking roadblock in G.I. Joe 2, and he fucking brought the pain. He carried that movie on his giant, <laughs> muscled shoulders. <laughs> Love The Rock. Wait, wait, did, did The Rock have the uh, the goatee in all of his movies in 2013? Uh, what, about, what about Pain and Gain? Did he have it on that one? See, I don't know. Like, his, he just kind of blends in in all of them. So, like, I'm trying to picture which one he didn't have it in. And I know I know he had it in for Fast and Furious 6 oh, and for G.I. Joe 2. Did he have it in G.I. Joe 2? I kind of feel yeah, like he was clean-shaven now. Pretty sure. I mean, it was like Leonardo DiCaprio with his with his uh, his goatee, like The Rock, and him, like, had the same idea. And they're like, yo, it's going to be in the contract. We have facial hair now. I'm pretty sure he didn't have it in Pain and Gain. He was a bodybuilder in it. And yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure he didn't have it in that one, but... It's hard for me to, you know, he was kind of like, his G.I. Joe character was kind of like his Fast and Furious character, but I still give it to him because he was awesome as Roadblock. <laughs> oh, wait, no, it's there. It's there, but he also has, like, um, but he also has, like, 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 day, day beard. You know what I mean? Like, so he still had his, uh, his goatee in Pain and Gain. I'm just, like, oh. Google imaging it right now. But he also had, like, a bunch of fuzz, too. Uh, I mean, it couldn't have been too much of a one in G.I. Joe 2 because he's military, so. Mm-hmm. I'm looking that up, too. I'm, I'm pretty right. sure. I'm so sure he did. Because that was, like, to me, watching that trailer, that was, like, the beginning of the rock goatee thing besides Fast and Furious 5. I mean, he definitely had it in Fast, for sure, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, he was good. He, he single-handedly oh, yeah. led the G.I. Joes, so. It's, it's, it's definitely there in G.I. Joe. You know, it's like The Rock is a fucking great actor, like, for what you need. You know, action, a little bit of funny, you know, consistently reliable in his mm-hmm. roles. He doesn't get any love, man. So, this brings us to our best movie category. Only three of them were good enough to fall, <laughs> to fall into this. So, there will be no <laughs> escape plans. There will be no G.I. Joe 2s in oh. this category. Gotta get serious here for best movie. Okay. I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm ready. We have Olympus Has Fallen. Okay. We have Batman: The Dark Knight Returns. Ooh. There is. This is this has happened before. Cartoons have been nominated for best act or best movie. I believe it was like Aladdin or The Lion King. Like one of those early '90s Disney movies actually got nominated. Maybe it was Beauty and the Beast. One of those fucking ones got nominated for best movie. So it can happen. Mm-hmm. And Kick-Ass Two. Ooh. Kick-Ass 2. I mean, what can I say about those three movies? You cannot go wrong with any of them. They're so, awesome so, in their own way. So if you, so if, if one of our maniacs, just like me tonight, is looking to rent or just, like, watch a movie, it's going to be one or all of these three. If you enjoy our podcast, then yes, you can't go wrong with any of the, these three movies. Okay. If you're a normal person, you, you might strike out. But if you enjoy our <laughs> podcast... Then you would enjoy one of these three movies or well, all I mean, of them. I mean, they're, they're all they're all like nerdy action movies. Yeah. And the winner of the Jumpman Podcast Best Movie of 2013 
is Batman The Dark Knight Returns. Oh, man. RoboCop's Batman. I just got to say, man, like, when it all comes down to it, I liked a lot of movies, cheesy, good, whatever. That's probably the best fucking movie I saw in 2013. It really is. I saw a lot of movies. But it's like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry, Iron Man 3. You were good. But Batman The Dark Knight Returns is way better. So, I don't know how else to say it. So good. I mean, highly the, recommend everyone watches that if you like, you know, comic books. The, the time I spent waiting in between watching part one and waiting for part two to come out was hard. It was really hard because, like, part one was so good and you knew that shit was going to go down in part two. Yeah, because the best stuff was kind of waiting for part two, so. Yeah, and they, te- they tease you just like just like a little bit. With the mm-hmm. Superman fight, and part two is all is all like Superman and mutants, et cetera, et cetera. But like, yeah, like both parts as a whole, I feel like they're it's it's one of the best, if not the best, thing that DC animated ever cranked out, and that's saying a lot because they're consistently great. Yeah, they're really good. But yeah, so you, now that they're out together, you don't have to wait for part one, part two. Watch them back to back together. I mean, I saw a lot of movies. I liked a lot of movies. That's the best one I saw, man. Two thousand thirteen. Boom, and it won't get recognized this weekend for the Oscars, (laughs) which is too bad. And it wasn't nominated for Best Animated Movie, which is too bad. What what was? um, Frozen, Despicable Me 2, The Croods, um, and like some weird one that I had never heard of. Yeah, that sounds familiar. We know, you know, it might have been, actually, I I don't want to say weird one. It might have been the guy... Fuck, I'm an idiot for not remembering his name. The guy who did Spirited Away. Oh, Miyazaki? Yeah, it might have been his last movie. Okay. I, man, I've fallen off the, uh, the, the the Studio Ghibli boat. I haven't seen, like, their last three movies. Well, don't quote me on that one, but it, it might have been his in there, too. But, I mean, whatever. Frozen's going to win. I haven't even seen it, so... but Yeah, it's, I, it's, it's everywhere. I, I trust everyone that likes it so much. I mean... You know, even though Disney's a huge conglomerate, you want them to succeed when it comes to animated movies. You want yeah. a good Disney animated movie. And when you don't get them for a while, you get pissed. So I hope Frozen is good is as good as everyone says it is, and I, I think I can trust you guys. Oh, it's 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 great. Download it, buy it, watch it. It's, it's awesome. And it's really it's really catchy. And everything it's like and I I won't spoil a damn thing, but good. like the characters are awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I was watching it, having a good time, and, and it's true what they say. It's a Broadway musical in an animated movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I was watching it, they had, like, Broadway-caliber actors and actresses uh, singing the songs. Mm-hmm. Everything about it feels Broadway. You know, it's like they're it's like they're not even kidding you about, like, their ridiculous plan to crank out Broadway musicals by, like, positioning you with this movie first. Mm-hmm. You know, because because uh, Mary Poppins closed on on in Times Square on Broadway, and guess what's coming up next to replace it is Aladdin. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. That's that, that ought to be good. Yeah, and and uh, the original uh, voice of Jafar is playing Jafar in the musical. Oh, good for him. Ah, man, I was like, that is so cool. They do have good songs in Aladdin. Those were catchy songs. Oh, absolutely. And just like Frozen, it was a cultural phenomenon. Everybody was singing those songs for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when I saw Aladdin in the movie theater with my friend Nathan. 
Mm-hmm. I remember there was two girls that went to high school with us that sat behind us, and they'd already seen it a couple times, and they were like singing all the songs okay. right behind <laughs> us, which was mildly annoying, but mm-hmm. it was still a pretty good movie. So you know, there you go. See, and like, if only they know now to do like sing-along versions, they could have made so much more money. Yeah. So those are the Jumpman Podcast Oscars. If you haven't seen some of those movies, obviously I'm recommending that they are good if you know what I like. <laughs> which, which, I mean, <laughs> let's face it, the winner of the Jumpman uh, 2012 Oscars was basically Judge Dredd in every category. <laughs> so there were slightly more nominations this time. So it was I, either I, Judge Dredd or Hansel and Gretel won yeah. all the Oscars last time, I think. So See, I, I enjoy that you nominated The Rock as, uh, as The Rock in three different movies. <laughs> he was so good. How could I choose in between? <laughs> yeah. So, so, dude, I give a ton of thunder dumps. Boom, let's do it. So, thunder dump number one, Black Human Torch. It's going to happen. Your thoughts? Well, I'm pumped. It's funny. That's the one thing I wrote down for thunder dumps on this side, too. Mm. Um, when I saw the lineup for Fantastic Four, I was like, oh, cool, man. I mean, don't sleep on Kate Mara as Invisible Girl. Mm-hmm. She's been in a bunch of. She's been good in a lot of movies. In fact, she also she already played a superpowered person. She um, had telekinesis in the Tim Allen uh, superhero movie Zoom. <laughs> oh, how do you know that? Because I watched it. <laughs> it was good. Um, you know, Jamie Bell is the thing. He was good in Jumper. Uh, Miles Teller. I've only seen him in one movie, but I mean, Mister Fantastic is always the weakest character anyway. So who cares? Michael yeah. B. Jordan's a good actor, and he's in the. He's as Torch. You know, bring it on. If you if you put good actors in superhero movies, they make them better. Word. So why the fuck not? I I, I thought it was a great move. I mean, like that when I first saw this uh, the cast listing, I was like, that's that's a young cast. Mm-hmm. You know, like are they? Is it going to be too young for the Fantastic Four? Uh, you know, this is why not. I mean, I know that uh, Mr. Fantastic always has those like, like gray sideburns, mm-hmm. but who cares, man? This is a new age. Uh, do it differently, you know. So why not? Well, why not just uh, have them young? So I mean, Fantastic Four—they're so vanilla. The comics, the <laughs> movies—you know what I mean? Like, like Fantastic Four is great, but they're not—they're no one's favorite, you know. Your favorite might be the Avengers or the X-Men or the Justice League. No one says their favorite is Fantastic Four except our mom. <laughs> That's Fantastic bad. Four is our mom's favorite. So you know what? They need to mix it up a little bit. If this is a little bit edgy or whatever, fine, man. May let it happen. Yeah, I think this this is the the first casting announcement that I've ever actually paid attention to. You know, like you hear casting announcements all the time. It's like, "Okay, so and so is so and so," you know, what besides Wonder Woman? Uh, <laughs> I saw Wonder Woman's tiny little bicep. <laughs> Jeez, Chad. It's a slight improvement. <laughs> Jeez. So, well, I, you know, I was thinking about this, and I have to give credit to ScreenRant.com because they looked up so they, they made a pretty good point. I had to look at this too. Like, I'm not calling anyone that doesn't like Michael Jordan as the torch a racist. Mm-hmm. But, but if you really do have a problem with him with the Human Torch being black. ScreenRant.com made a pretty good point. They're like, you know, Michael Clark Duncan played the Kingpin. Right. And he was good in it. Jamie Foxx is going to be Electra. We haven't seen him yet, but I don't see anyone being pissed off about it. Um, Idris Elba in the Thor movies played Heimdall. And Lawrence Fishburne was Perry White in Superman. Now, all those characters were white in comic books, but they just put in who they thought would be a good actor in it and... We've only seen three out of four of those. We haven't seen Jamie Foxx yet, but he doesn't look terrible. You know, what's the big deal? No, I, I don't. I don't think the. 
I don't. Th- I think the only deal is people making a story out of it. You know, it's like it's like all right, put a good actor in the role. Who cares? You know, like who they are. You know, just do a good job. Yeah. I mean, the, the Human the... Torch. The Human Torch started out as a robot. Yeah. But like so, the first, the first three generations of Human Torch were robots. Yeah, and I mean, I understand people are to be like, well, you know, the comic book did this. You know what? Comic books were ninety nine percent white for like. 50 years yeah so this is not the 50s anymore we should have different different ethnicities in uh characters and stuff so i don't have a problem with the fact that sometimes uh someone who you might not picture as that character be that character as long as they do a good job that's all that matters i remember people were mad like in the first hunger games when rue you know the little girl rue mm-hmm. she was uh black in hunger games and i don't even know if they even said what her ethnicity was in the book but people yeah. are all like oh rue's black that sucks that's not how i pictured her and i was like fuck you you're racist that's weird <laughs> there's nothing wrong with her she was great in that movie but i'm not calling anyone a racist that doesn't like michael b jordan in there because they can't picture it all i'm saying is that you know like i said with screenrant.com they had a bunch of good examples where you know, they cast uh, a black person in a role that is a, a based on an original white comic book character, and it was fine. Right. So I, who cares? I, I just I wonder if people wouldn't wouldn't care more if it was like the other way around. You know what I mean? Like I think you can usurp one of the hundreds of thousands of white roles. You know, uh, in as like comic book characters, mm-hmm. uh, or but like but I don't think you could do it like the other way around and get away with it. Well, I mean, and and again, like I said, I got to keep giving credit to Screen Rant. Um, they said, you know what? If you flipped it, you probably can't have a white guy play the Black Panther. No, but that character, <laughs> but that's because his whole backstory is the whole. You know, he's 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 the leader of an African nation. Mm-hmm. So, and and a lot of it is about what they go through and stuff. So that's a little bit different. So yes, he can't play, but I mean, you know, it's okay that uh, Miles Morales is black spider-man you know that's not a problem i mean that that's that's like a new story that we haven't heard before and you know and and donald glover wanted to be spider-man and he was from community and stuff he he's childish game being a rapper he is black and he would have been cool as spider-man yeah actually he would have been great spider-man he's really funny so it's like yeah i mean there's certain characters you should probably leave as white or certain characters you should leave as black i mean i would have no problem with an asian wolverine Right, I mean, not, he's practically, <laughs> he's practically anyway. I mean, he spent so much time in Japan, just make him Japanese. Yeah, I mean, that would have been fine with me. So, I just think anyone that's a little too upset, hey man, it's your right to not like it or whatever. But I'm just saying, the four of those people, I think they're pretty good actors and actresses. Um, the director Josh Trank, I mean, he did Chronicle, and um, you know, I think he's got some good ideas. So, I'm on board with it. Like I said. Anything that takes Fantastic Four away from our mom's favorite to other people's <laughs> favorites, let's fucking do it. And if it sucks, who cares? It's Fantastic Four. All right. On this topic, on this topic, I was just um, I was running from place to place in um, in Manhattan the other day, and I ran by Midtown Comics, which is on like 40th and uh, I think 7th or 6th. And uh, I was like, all right, screw it. I have like five minutes. I was, uh, was going to be late to our accountant. Uh, a meeting with them, so I ran in and I immediately saw number one of uh, Miss Marvel. Oh, she's uh, like Muslim now. That's right, and I was like, oh my god, I've heard so much hype about this because she's uh-huh. like the first Muslim comic book character 
ever for Marvel at least. I mean, for, Green Green Lantern's Muslim now, right? I, I have no idea actually. <laughs> Pretty sure he is. Yeah, another lantern. Like they add, they added another, la- another lantern. Yeah, yeah, and it and it's such and it's such like a, a now thing to be talking about uh, Muslims in our culture in our American culture. Mm-hmm. It's like people just can't stop like thinking like who are they? These people are neighbors that have existed alongside of us for hundreds of years, and we're now just talking about them. Right. Um. So I read through the comic, and it was actually really good. You know, I liked it for the same reasons that I liked Miles Morales as Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Issue number one was like it was kind of the same thing where like she, she, the main character Kamala, doesn't really get any powers until the last panel. Mm-hmm. So you don't really see her get to do anything. So it's all backstory, just about like who is this character, what's she dealing with, you know, like what are her issues, like who's her family. You know, yada, yada, yada. And she's an overall very likable character. You know, mm-hmm. she's uh, one one of uh, a few kids in a household that's kind of divided in the way that they practice religion. It's kind of like, um, like, it's a way, the comic is almost like a way to talk about uh, Islam and, um, and uh, the Muslims around us. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in like a very positive and educational way, you know what I mean? Like me not being Muslim, coming in reading this comic and and thinking as as I'm reading each character, like um like she has a sister who uh, covers her hair, and they're yeah. talking and like you know they have another character come in and like comment on that, and they all had different opinions on it, and she's saying like oh well she's like like a, like this overly obnoxious white cheerleader kind of jokes like. Like, dude, is your father gonna like honor kill you if you take that off? Well, I mean, but is it a fun comic? Because I mean, I don't really need too much education as long as it still works as a comic. I'm okay with it. It's it's too early to tell as All like right. as like the first issue of like an intro, and this is why like I don't I, like I, I I much prefer to read like a volume of comics instead of just like an issue. Right, issues are so quick, you know, mm-hmm. they're just over and done with, and by the time you figure. By the time you're more like introduced to who this person is and what you'll be dealing with, it's over. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I would, I would, I would read issue two just because I want to see like a fledgling superhero do something cool with their powers, and like I feel like overall, overall as a character, I feel like it's very interesting and it's kind of as an outsider, it's my way into a culture that, uh, you know, I mean, like I'm in Astoria, Queens, uh, I'm surrounded by uh, like uh, mosques and we have like a little Egypt that's like five minutes away from my house. You know, and I walk by there all the time, but like I'm not, I'm not like an insider. You know, I'm an outsider. So it's a cool way to to kind of ease into that culture. As long as she whoops ass, that's all I really care about. <laughs> I mean, if she gets her powers and whoops ass, I mean, you know, it's like you know, it's kind of like black white. Who gives a shit kind of thing. It's like I think some people accuse comics these days of you know, like when they put different kinds of characters in, they call it like pandering or tokenism. But the mm-hmm. only thing is, it's just because comics have been 99 percent white for so long. So I don't think it's tokenism or anything. I think it's just a better representation of the world. And once it happens here and there, people stop making such a big fuss about it because it'll just be normal, you know. Right. And and that's what it needs to be, you know. Instead of people being like, oh, I can't believe this, or oh, they're just doing it for attention and stuff. It's like, well, what if they're just doing it? And what if that, you know, who cares if Batwoman's a lesbian or whatever like that? You know, instead of making a big deal, <laughs> it's just, uh, I mean, it's hot. But, um, but, but you know what I mean? It's like, its like I don't think it's its tokenism. I think it's just you know, better representation of the world. And it's like, you know, 
Who the fuck cares? As long well, as they he, whoop ass. Well, well, here's well, here's the here's the thing, and it's not like a problem that I have with this comic, but it's just that the entire comic from like front to back is about being a Muslim in America. And like, I, I would have like, found that a little boring, to be honest. It's, I mean, well, I, I find it very interesting, but like, um, she she gets her powers. Not from like some you know radioactive spider or gamma radiation, but like literally she's in the middle of some kind of like like this party that she gets the this outdoor party that she's at. Like there's this weird smoke that happens and everybody gets separated and she passes out and she wakes up and basically <laughs> basically these Urdu speaking uh, deities that have chosen the form of like uh, Captain America and. Um, I think Iron Man, a couple of the people basically say, like, just give her the powers and being like, here you go. And, and it's, and it's a very, like, they're like, they say like, you know, we are, we are faith, you know, it's time to change your, like, turn your world around, et cetera, et cetera. And, it, and like the way she got her powers was very, like, I, I just juxtaposed it with like, all right, well, what if this was not like a Muslim comic? What if this was like a Mormon comic or like a Christian comic? Would like Jesus appear as like Captain America and be like, here you go, powers, and and how lame would that be? I mean, I don't think you're you're really making me want to read this comic. <laughs> like, I haven't really heard anything fun about it. But I think every kid wishes that they were the ones that like the the Green Lantern ring finds you. Yeah. Or I guess in this case, whatever the fuck they were saying, here's some powers. Like, I think everyone wants that, whatever way it happens. You know, whether it's a ring or some people and stuff. So, I mean, I can kind of get behind that. Um, it sounds boring so far, but... I know, I know. I want this... <laughs> that's the thing. is like, I, I wanted it to be great. But yeah. she, it's only issue number one, so she hasn't done yeah. anything yet. So, there you go. I understand. You know, you got to have some backstory sometimes, I guess. So, like I said, if it's just kind of beating you over the head with culture, eh, not really my thing. But if it's just a superhero that just happens to be Muslim or something like that, then that's fine. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's I think, the attitude everybody has. So, uh, on, on the edge of that, I also picked up She-Hulk number one. And I'm, a, I'm a big She-Hulk fan. The last, the last run of mm-hmm. She-Hulk comics, awesome. I love She-Hulk as a superhero lawyer. It's great. Um, but uh, She-Hulk number one uh, was kind of like it was an, its own encapsulated story. So she does the entire story from front to back, no lead-ins to anything else, um, and it it was kind of a lackluster story. And why are we reviewing it? I just want I just want to spread the word because like you know <laughs> sometimes you buy a comic and it's n- not as good as you mm, want. Here's a list of stuff that I saw that sucked. I'm going to talk about now. <laughs> But it sucked. So wait, who wait, gives wait, a wait. shit? I, well, I feel like I feel like I spent three dollars and somebody needs to know about it. <laughs> all right, all right, I got you. Well, she looks kind of meta. I think I think I saw like a clip of one where in one of her court cases she actually references she holds up the fact that she holds up a She Hulk comic. Yes, that oh it, that was part of the genius of what made the last run of She Hulk's so good. And this one I can't even get behind the art. The art sucked. And that just killed it for me. And it wasn't even that—it wasn't even that good of a story. So basically, when me, when you and I are handed the keys to the re, re, uh, reboot of West Coast Avengers, uh, <laughs> She-Hulk is not going to be in it, I guess. No, She-Hulk should be, but it's—I, uh, you know, some every comic, every comic book writer is given like a run of something, right? Yeah. And this is just one of those runs that just like came off, it like choked. Like, somebody, like, fired the starting gun, and it fell over. 
I gotcha. And all right. So next, next Thunderdome Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. Oh yeah! No, that wasn't that trailer cool. It was fucking. It made me. I was like, finally, they did a full-on comedy. Yeah, I've been avoiding. Like, I never read Guardians of the Galaxy as a kid, and I knew nothing about it. And even after it got greenlit as a movie, I purposely was like, you know what? I'm not going to be a nerd on this. I'm just going to go into it without any research backstory, and I'm just going to take what they give me and see what happens. Mm-hmm. So all I knew, I knew who the characters were just because I'd heard them referenced enough times. That's all I know. So I was like, I'm just going to go in like a, a regular person who doesn't know shit about comic books. And I saw that trailer, and I was like, oh, this is so cool, man. Yeah. I mean, everything – I mean, you know, the first trailer was basically like, all right, Marvel understands nobody knows who these characters are, so we're going to give you, like, a little crash course, and then maybe later we'll give you, like, a real trailer. Yeah, and they were like, you know what? These guys were created, what, 60s or 70s, something like that. You know what? The name's Star-Lord. Not that cool anymore. No. But they make <laughs> they make fun of it in the movie, and they let you know. It doesn't, you know, yeah, this is a little cheesy, but get over it. It's going to be fun. And I was like, cool, sign me up. I'll go see yeah. that. It looks cool. I, I and, and I think that A Batista looks great. Yeah. And and you know, he and he he's Drax the Destroyer. Perfect combination. Yeah. Great. And Rocket Raccoon looks great. And I can't wait. I'm so on board to be a fan of Rocket Raccoon. And let's face it, Groot is voiced by Vin Diesel and he only has to say <laughs> three words the entire movie over and over again. That's perfect in Vin Diesel's wheelhouse. He's like shit. I, I should be like this in all movies. Yeah. Groot all forever. <laughs> the one, the the one thing that I kind of spoiled for myself by by going onto their IMDb page, and I don't even know in what form he will be in there. But oh Benicia, wait wait wait, maybe I don't want to know then. Did did you watch the? Um... All right, fine, whatever. Oh, you fucking said half his name. I know you're talking about. I saw the I saw the end credits of Thor. Yeah, end credits of Thor. Benicio Benicio del Toro. Shows up as the collector, and he makes a reference to the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm excited for. It. I mean, the the I I know like I can tell you like one sentence about every character, and I know that the one character is like the daughter of Thanos. So yes, so, so you I know, figured. you know, there's going to be a tie-in to what I think will be Avengers Part Three, which is uh, Thanos finally showing up with the Infinity Gauntlet and wrecking shit. Yeah, that, that's cool. Like I said, just fucking, whether it's Fantastic Four, Avengers, someone, just give us our Doctor Doom, please. Doctor Doom oh, is the yeah. best. Just give us a badass Doctor Doom, not the one that FF1 and 2 did. Give us a real Doctor Doom. I mean, he's, he's what, top three Marvel villains? Ever. At least top five. I mean, just give it to us. But give it to him just like the comics, even if it looks a little cheesy. Give him the green hood. Give him the metal armor. Give him ruler of Latveria. Let's just fucking do it. Marvel. I mean, I, I read a ton of Fantastic Four comics, recent ones, up to um, and then including the Future Foundation. Yep. And they really messed him up. Yeah, I mean, they they uh, they lobotomized him at one point. Then like Reed Richards' kids had to help him get his brain undamaged, and mm-hmm. he has like this heir to the throne that he uses on occasion when he has to go into other universes hmm. it's kind of strange you know the doom that we knew growing up is kind of gone and he's replaced with this guy who like spits one-liners like i am doom uh gods kneel before me who stands against the doom and things like that hmm so yeah reading reading 
current Fantastic Four comics. I'm not counting like um, him when he teamed up with um, with Loki and um, the Iron Patriot for the whole for the whole uh, Marvel annual going into Siege. That was awesome. Mm. That was like classic Doom. That was like, who is this genius, and who is he going to betray out of his team first, and who does he know is going to betray him? Kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything going up to Siege. Uh, that whole year with like the Dark Avengers, awesome man. Like if they it if they've made a movie about that yet, if they haven't, they should. If they have, then I want to watch it right now. Cool man. Yeah, it was cool. It was like uh, what you call it—the Green Goblin gets elected president of the United States, and then he immediately he immediately creates like the Avengers out of all supervillains that have similar powers to regular Avengers and a dark X-Men who have similar powers to all the bad X-Men, or all the regular X-Men. Mm-hmm. It was a great year for comics. Which, by the way, it looks like, uh, I mean, obviously, Green Goblin is in the new Spider-Man 2 movie. Uh, looks like no mask. Right. He looks like Spider-Man a lot of high-tech high armor. Yeah, so it's, it's I'm kind of torn. Like, I'm glad that he doesn't have a mask, mm-hmm. but I kind of wish he was green. <laughs> but uh you know not high-tech armor but i mean we'll see how it goes yep i'm, I'm keeping my mind open but it, it it looks a lot like uh new goblin from spidey 3 oh you, you can't be worse than james franco on a flying snowboard so no <laughs> so as long as we don't get that i think we'll be okay all right and uh no that's 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 it for thunderdumps dude I'm all dumped out. I gotta go to the doctor tomorrow and get my moles checked. Oh man, it's it's mole season, huh? It is, man. It's it's been too long. I gotta stand there naked and they gotta check out my hot body. <laughs> and uh, if they can tear their eyes off my penis, then they've got to look around the rest of me for moles and tell me if they're cancerous or or looking good or that bullshit. That's right. You had you had a couple uh, moles taken out of you, right? Yeah, I had a couple couple uh, hacked off of me. Uh, a while back were they zombie so, moles uh they came back okay one was like kind of turned cancerous so they had to go back in and take more skin mm. like they had to cut deeper just to make sure it didn't infect or anything or something it was like the first time i got to smell myself cooking because <laughs> they cut in and i was bleeding too much and so then they you know they gotta like sear oh. the, they gotta sear the blood vessels oh god and then there was like some smoke <laughs> coming out of my arm and i was like oh that's what i would smell like in a barbecue Hmm. So I got how like, you, how did you smell? I mean, not unappetizing to be honest. <laughs> I was like, I was smelling myself char a little bit. The good thing is you don't feel it, so that's good. There you go. So, so out there, if you were insured, and you're uh, ask your doctor at your next checkup about a molenoscopy. Yeah, if that's, if that's what they call it, I don't know, but it's it's. I'm pretty sure what they call it. Uh, my 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 doctor recommended one. She's like, it saves lives. Go check it out. Somebody's gonna look at you naked. Yeah, it was weird too because I they, they numb you up when they have to take them off of you, and they numb you up. But I I couldn't I I didn't I didn't want to look. It was somewhere for somewhere from my back. I couldn't see that, but the one from my um, arm and stuff, he could. I just I decided not to look at it. But so I'm laying on my stomach, and the guy is um, cutting to my back with a scalpel, and I know mm. that he's cutting to my back with a scalpel, but he's making sure that I I can't feel it. So. He every time he makes a cut, like the first couple ones, every time he makes a cut, he's like, "Can you feel that?" 
And I'm mm. like, no, because obviously I'd be like, fuck, if I could. <laughs> but every time he says, can you feel that, I know what he's doing. So I can picture him like slicing into me with a scalpel, like like oh. delicately like delicately cutting into an apple pie. Uh-huh. And so every time he goes, can you feel that? I say no, but at the same time, I'm so creeped out because I know he's taking the scalpel. And he's cutting into me, and he stops and says, can you feel that? I say no, and he makes his next cut. Can oh you feel God. that? I'm like, no. But it was, like, it was still kind of creeping me out, and he was whistling that fucking Maroon 5 song. Oh, I mean, I already hate Maroon 5, but this guy was whistling Maroon 5 while he was, while he was cutting me open. And so now when I hear Maroon 5, I just get kind of creeped out more than I usually did. So um, I'm hoping... I'm hoping the only thing that comes out of my doctor appointment tomorrow is they're like, you look awesome naked. Here's a blue ribbon, and your moles are fine. Hooray. That's what I'm hoping. Blue but, ribbon moles. Yeah. I'm just not – like, take that blue ribbon, just put it on my wang, and I'm out of here. But uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens because some of them, they look kind of weird. All right. Well, time, time to get them checked out. All right. Huh. So <laughs> – Thank you, everybody, for listening. <laughs> Stay tuned for next week for another mole check update. I know it's like it's like it's like ER. Um, so uh, we're the Jumpman Podcast. Uh, you can check us out every week for free. Uh, yeah. We're on RetroWareTV.com, ElderGeek.com, RageQuitCast.com, over our headquarters at JumpmanPodcast.com. We're on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. And, and we're going to have a special guest next week. Sweet. Is it going to be my mom? No, it's going to be another video game filmmaker. Sweet. I know everybody enjoyed video game filmmaker from last week, Mr. Kevin Smits. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. All right, so uh, we'll see you next week. Peace. Jump now. Engage. Yahoo! I find your lack of faith disturbing. One shall stand, one shall fall. Fatality.